On today's show, we're going to continue to talk about the buyout market, two open roster spots for the Bucks, and we think if something's going to happen, it might be happening in the next week or so. So Camille is with me. I need to ask, what do the Bucks need? We're going to continue to talk about the wrist injury to Giannis. He's in All-Star weekend and All-Star mode by the looks, because it looks like he's having a pretty good time. And we do have the resident market expert here, which means we need to talk more about Jay Crowder. Max him down. Monday to Friday, and also find my work over at ESPN. And alongside me, back for the first time in a little while, also catch her fine work on the Technical Foul podcast. It's Camille Davis for today's episode that is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Of course, we thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every day. I keep on saying it, but the subscriptions are going through the roof on YouTube. We love it. People are getting involved. They're getting engaged. They're asking us questions, which means then we talk about it on the show as well. So you help us uh, by subscribing and getting involved. And uh, same goes for the audio platform. So it's free to do. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you go do that now. Uh, We absolutely appreciate it. Camille, the Giannis wrist injury we're going to get to. Jay Crowder we're going to get to. But I think everyone is fascinated about the roster stuff they love transactions they love new players the buyout market is kind of slowed down a little bit but there is still some names out there just in more general sense how invested are you in adding a guy maybe two guys to this bucks roster at this point in time given what history suggests about the type of players you can add so for me at the moment when I start thinking about where the Bucks are, what the Bucks roster looks like, and what the guy who we bring in would be charged to be doing, right? When I think about it in that sense, I'm like, okay, whoever we bring in is somebody who should expect to not play that much. And that's <laughs> that's the piece of it that I think some people are missing. Like I saw when Kevin Love, you know, reached a buyout agreement with Cleveland people. Oh my God, Kevin Love on the Bucks would be amazing, but it's like, Part of why he wanted to leave Cleveland is because he fell out of the rotation and he wants to go somewhere where he'll be able to play. Kevin Love, quote unquote, was to come to Milwaukee. There's no pathway to much playing time unless there's a severe injury, which knock on wood, we're hoping we don't have with our big rotation. With Bobby, with Giannis, with Brooke, there aren't many minutes there to be had by another big. So uh, it would have to be somebody who is okay and cool with understanding that I am here for, you know, break glass in case of emergency type of minutes or regular season minutes to help keep guys fresh until we get to the playoffs. Even with the guard spot. Well, let me start the wing in particular too. wing players. is kind of like there's, there's, we have too many wings. Doesn't make sense. So if you were to bring how that works, isn't it Camille? Too many wings, so many wings, so many wings. There's not enough playing time for everybody. So you get to the guards and then it's like, okay, well there could be a need there. Uh, 
But again, the person who will come and take that spot might not get much playing time behind Drew, behind Grayson, behind Javon at this point. I'm, who knows with Bud's rotation? So um, bring another guy in. I have to preface it by saying it's somebody who has to understand, and I think fans should understand, the guy probably won't play too much. He'll get some minutes, but more Jeff Teague, I think, uh, with the way that this roster is set up at the moment where it's like you're you're kind of coming in for some spot minutes right now. Not sure if you're going to have a spot in the playoff rotation. So um, if I had to pick a position for a bio guy to be at, it would be in that guard position because I thought we're Dennis there. Uh, but again, I don't I'm not thinking of bringing somebody in thinking they're going to crack the playoff rotation at this point because we just we just have too many guys right now. Yeah, that's interesting. I think it's a pretty good point you make. I also look at this roster and I think about some guys that maybe will play in some series but don't play in the others. Yep. You know, we always go back to the same old stories, but Bobby Portis, who didn't play so much in the Brooklyn series, ended up playing some pretty big minutes in the NBA Finals. That's going back to 2021. Then you have the guys like uh, Bryn Forbes, who, by the way, is not going to be coming back to the Bucks. So mm-hmm. I, the other day I said when we were talking about buyout guys, he knows the system, he knows the team. Maybe that is it would make sense why they would bring him back within 48 hours. Uh, some pretty disturbing stuff coming out. So Bryn Forbes, scratch him off the list. But he played in one series, then wasn't really playable. Grayson Allen, there is question marks about where he fits uh, on this team in some series. And to me, even Javon Carter. So mm-hmm. I find it interesting with these guys. Again, it depends who it is. We've mentioned like Pat Beverly, who honestly, if you're looking at buyout guys, it's pretty rare that there would be a potential buyout candidate that has actually started every game this season and played 28 minutes. Like they're normally like washed, washed. And maybe Pat Bev is washed because he hasn't signed, there hasn't been too much movement yet, but he has at least been playing a fair bit. Will Barton has been out of the lineup. I saw one name that that made me laugh, Camille, and it was Seth Curry. Now, <laughs> now I, I believe that the reason or the premise for why he would you know, possibly be bought out, even though Brooklyn looked like they're still going to be a playoff team, to me anyway, is purely tax purposes. And if they think that they're going to reload again next year, maybe they're just like, look, we're not winning the title this year. Let's cut some money, save some money. Now, that, again, is the type of guy that, okay, bring him in. And not mm-hmm. only are you going to bring him in, he's going to be taking people's minutes. But is there anyone? Is there any one name that you look at and, and say that you want? Some other guys that are out there, like Dario Saric is someone that's been floated. Nerland's the well, I guess. Is there anyone that you look at and you're like, yeah, okay, I'll get around that, or that's number one on my list? Uh, the, the pickings for me, I was like, I, nothing excites me that's out there to possibly bring in. Like, I know the names are a lot bigger than the production at this point, so um, it's a little bit different. But uh, on technical file, one of our one of my co-hosts, Ken, he's a big Lakers fan, so I've heard him all throughout the season talk about how he couldn't stand watching Patrick Beverly play basketball. Yeah. And it's 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 ingrained in my head at this moment of how he's fallen off a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. But you bring him in again, breaking case of emergency or certain matchups because Pat Beverly can be an irritant. He will have six fouls he could give up for you. Um, that's a name that's interesting to me. John Wall has been thrown out there as mm-hmm. well. Um, and I would not be opposed to John Wall again if he was okay with accepting what the role would be on the team. I think that could be a nice guard to have off the bench as well. But John, thing- John Wall, John Wall isn't coming to play behind Javon oh, Carter. <laughs> he might want to come like Jeff T. Say get an A on the group project if they won a championship. Who knows? He might, you know, 
he might sell off for the ring. But like those are the like the two guys. If I had to pick two mm. names, where I'm like that would make me be like, okay, that's really interesting here. Nothing else too much really excites me. Like again, Kevin Love, I know is a name where it's like, wow, he could be really productive, but I just don't see an avenue for much playing time for him, which I don't think is a role that he would want to accept. Yeah, and when I say he wouldn't play behind Javon Carter, because I had someone in the YouTube comments said yesterday, I don't give enough praise to Javon Carter. Uh, when I say he wouldn't play behind Javon Carter, I just mean that I, it, fe- it would feel from someone that has pretty been public about, like, I can still play, I'm back. He, I, it doesn't feel like he is in the stage of his career where he would be willing to be a, mm-hmm. a play the Jeff Teague role. Let's, yeah. let's just keep yeah. calling it that. It doesn't seem likely. But I don't think if they did bring in a guard, whether it was a Pat Bev, I, I don't know whether, you know, John Wall, obviously, we just brought up. Derek Rose is someone we've spoken about if yeah. the Knicks go down that path. And I did check in with our, our resident expert when it comes to contract stuff, financial stuff, uh, Frank Madden. Let me just pull out the message. But I did ask about the dates. So in terms of why this is still very relevant, the players have to be released before the end of February uh, to, to then go and sign with someone else. So we are looking at about a week and a half, I guess, mm-hmm. for guys like Derek Rose that, that there hasn't been much movement on yet, but maybe he will still possibly get bought out. So, yeah, I, I, can't, I do look at it and I look at a, a series against potentially a, a Philadelphia. We keep talking about that with the big men and wonder whether the Bucks need one more big. So I want to ask you a question based on that premise. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to get to Giannis, the coach, because as I said, on All-Star Weekend, he has been putting on an absolute show so far. And I've got a tweet. I don't know if you've caught up with it, Camille, but I've got a tweet that I need to show you after we talk about uh, our friends over at Price Picks. And if you're not familiar with Price Picks, you pick two to six players. And if they score more or less than their Price Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. And they've got all sorts of sports. Uh, the NBA, baseball, not far away, NHL, golf, college sports, everything there. You can make your entry in 60 seconds or less, and it's safe and fast to use. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. So we watched a game the other night, Camille, against the Boston Celtics. Now, it was a fascinating scenario because this was not a great night for Brook Lopez, got in foul trouble early. Then the Celtics really went small. And it's been funny to see some of the talk about the Rob Williams stuff. And, hey, if you want to play Rob Williams, the Bucs probably like it. They keep Brook Lopez on the floor. But just the idea of Brook Lopez getting in early foul trouble did just send a little shiver down my spine when I was considering playing potentially the Philadelphia 76ers and then you lose Brook Lopez in the first three minutes of the game and you don't have a backup big. I guess you're playing Bobby Portis out there, but that is still on the back of my mind. And then I also sit back and go, geez, I I just don't think... You look at all the guys that get shoved around this time of year, like your Andre Drummonds, your Tristan Thompsons, your Dwayne Dedmonds. I also just think, what the hell's the point of playing those guys? Because they're just going to get destroyed anyway. Yeah. So, so I don't I don't know what the what the answer is for the Bucks, but it just does feel like they're still short. I'm not sure if there is an answer. It's a good point. That's a really good point to consider because when you think of certain matchups, 
Philly is a realistic one to have to consider. Most teams don't play too big. And when you look at the Bucks lineup, like normally the Bucks are the big team that you see coming on the court. So you see a guy getting in foul trouble like Brooke, it really changes everything. Like I was listening to the low post and they were talking about uh, Memphis and Jaron Jackson Jr. and how big of a problem his foul trouble is because they're like, we, if we can't count on you to give us our 30 minutes. Like you're throwing our rotations into a frenzy right now. And it's going to throw everything else off. So when you start thinking about playoff basketball and for the Bucks, think about how foul trouble can affect the team. And it's like, yes, yeah, one thing that's cool about this particular Bucks team with Jay Crowder in there and everything like that. And with Joe Ingles, like you have some options to play small, but have size at the same time. That's not going to help you too much against a Joel Embiid type of guy. Hmm. And most other scenarios, yeah, you could you could probably make a way out of it. But against someone like Phil, you're going to probably need a bigger body to take some of those minutes. So a question I would have for Frank, so I'm not sure how this works. Are the Bucks eligible to convert two-way guys into full roster spots to take that last spot if they wanted to maintain flexibility? Like, let's just say they said, let's just convert Mamu to a full contract rest of the year. That can be our 14th roster spot. That's someone who could take up some vials because he'll he'll take them for sure. Um, again, not a top-notch option, but he's somebody who's been in the system for the team for a little while. He's understanding the, the principles of it. Um, I'm not sure the logistics around that, but that could be interesting if that's something they could still do. A lock, Mamu? I'm also still scared about the idea of uh, <laughs> Game Seven. Brook Lopez is in foul trouble, and uh, out comes Mamu to be the Embiid stopper. I'm, I'm not as, as you pointed to. I I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm a little bit. I think it's just going to be a concern. But maybe we shouldn't be concerned because every year we consider what will happen if the Bucks play the Sixers, and they never do. So maybe we don't actually need to worry about it. But it's going to be fascinating. The conversation is going to continue with the Bucks roster over the next little bit here, and let us know in the YouTube comments. If, if anything has changed in the last little bit, that's why I'm still, by the way, a little bit intrigued in Dario Saric. Again, not a, not a monster, but a guy that can play the five and has played the five uh, a little bit in his time there in Phoenix. So we'll see what the Bucks do over the next week or so. But what about Giannis? So the latest moment where everyone holds their breath and wonders what's going on. So the latest we have, I mean, we mentioned on last night's show, the X-rays came up clean, which is great news. We see him at All-Star Weekend today. So as I kind of suggested yesterday, good luck to the Bucks stopping this man from getting to Salt Lake City. I didn't think it was going to be possible. He was coaching the celebrity game tonight. I guess he's doing the skills challenge tomorrow. Woj was on ESPN saying that basically he's desperate to play mm-hmm. <laughs> in the All-Star game, which we all understand. I saw someone in the YouTube comments making the comment that he should not play in the All-Star game because Joe Mazzulla is going to play him a full 48 <laughs> minutes which I thought was a, a pretty funny comment and maybe actually true. But I, th- I guess at this point, based on what we know and based, you know, Giannis isn't going to say anything. It, it seems at least good news that he's in Salt Lake City with no bandages, no cast, no wrap, nothing on that hand. Yeah, I mean, we got our good news after the game when we saw the x-rays came back clean. That was the first piece of good news that we had. But again, like you said on yesterday's show, have a hard you're gonna have a really hard time stopping Giannis from doing that because he is one of the players who takes all-star duties seriously he wants to go out there be competitive put on the show we know how much it means to him to even try to go for the the Kobe MVP we know to him what this means and the thing about Giannis is like the things that make him great and what makes fans love him is also going to be the thing that makes fans be like please like stop 
just chill out. It's it's funny to see it because it's like in my heart, I'm like, I would love for Giannis to not play, but that feels very unrealistic <laughs> because of who Giannis is. Like that's what makes Giannis who he is. And normally, you know, the team is there to kind of slow him down. And I would hope that at the all-star game, he might get in, play a couple minutes, do a couple of things, but not play his normal, you know, minute allocation that he would in previous years. Maybe he does it that way uh, or whatever the case may be, but Giannis is going to get out there. There's no way that, you know, he was going to miss coaching with his brothers in this game, miss the chance to go to the skills competition with his brothers again another year. He loves these moments and he understands how fleeting these moments can be as well. He's always talking about living in the present and understanding that you don't have, that's not guaranteed you'll be here next year doing the same thing. So when I saw this, I was like, Giannis is absolutely going to play as long as it's not something, something's not broken and something's, you know what I mean? Like he's going to be out there. And again, things that make us love Giannis are the things that are also going to drive us crazy about him from time to time. And for the Bucks fans who want him to sit, I, I get it. I get it. But we know how our guy is. Yeah, that's right. And I did wonder today whether there would at least be a delayed uh, arrival to Salt Lake City. Does he go to the hospital and get scans? Does he just have his hand in an ice bucket for the next three days? But no, no, he's straight okay. there. And uh, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel's Jim Olszewski is is there. And he tweeted something out, or I think he might have said it on Milwaukee Radio, that he just briefly caught up with Giannis and asked him how the wrist was doing. And Giannis said, that was yesterday. <laughs> which, which you know, I, I floated this idea in a DM with uh, Eric and, and Frank and Mitchell and Dean. And I just said, look, I, I wonder whether Giannis, I mean, and I never, I always hold my breath and we don't want to, I, I don't want to bring this up because we talk about it all the time, but his ability to play through stuff is mm-hmm. is like no one else. I saw someone uh, tweet something that like, if this was LeBron and he hurt his wrist the day before, he'd be showing up in like a sling and a cast <laughs> and, and telling everyone, look, uh, you know, my arm might be about to be amputated, but I'm going to try my hardest to play in this all-star game and battle through and make it this big story. Whereas Giannis is just like, it's nothing. Don't even talk to me about it. Let's just focus on the all-star stuff and focus on the celebrity game coaching. But I've got a question for you, Camille. I don't know whether you saw this, but Giannis is coaching. He's the ultimate showman. He's being a comedian out there. He's coaching. He's doing all this stuff. Now, Richard Jefferson was uh, did a little bit of officiating for this celebrity game. And there's this, there is this clip here where Giannis says, you're out here reffing like Mark Davis and shit. And Richard, <laughs> and Richard Jefferson says, I'm mic'd up, bro. So my question for you is, is this a bad move by Giannis for stoking what could be a brewing, terribly officiated game from Mark Davis in the future? Mark Davis is going to get a couple, a couple calls back. Absolutely, he's going to get. A call. Come on, Giannis. He probably didn't realize that you know that Richard Jefferson was mic'd up. Richard Jefferson is a very busy man during All Star Weekend because I didn't know that he was also rapping. I know he does like the commentary and things like that, so. He's he's moving around. He has a lot of jobs. He commentated, played, and officialed in the celebrity game. I mean, he's doing it all. He threw down a dunk, I think I saw at one point there. So he's absolutely on fire. But Giannis, be careful with Mark Davis. We already have a hard enough time as it is. We do not need this going on. All right, I'm going to ask you about Jay Crowder. You're the Marquette expert on this podcast. He had his introductory press conference, and I thought really handled himself well. But he did say some interesting stuff about Giannis and previous versions of the Bucks which I liked. There's nice getting some insight there. But first, let's talk about Built Bar because if you're looking for a delicious treat over the All-Star weekend but don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, 
I don't know how they do it because you would think that if you're eating something that tastes this good, it can't possibly be healthy for you, but they've uh, got some sort of secret formula. I'm not 100% sure what it is, but there's only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a pretty generous 17 grams of protein, which you'll love to see as well when you're uh, building the guns. And the good news is you don't just have to go to built.com anymore. You can go to Walmart, Sam's Club, pick yourself up a box of 13 bars. You'll love that. But if you're old school, you can still go to, to built.com. Don't worry about that. And if you're close to a Walmart or Sam's Club, run in, grab the 13-bar box, maybe of uh, brownie batter, churro, as I mentioned. You can thank me later for that. Built Bar, just a sensational product. So Jay Crowder, we talk about the lineup versatility stuff and... Uh, again, we always look at different matchups we think are going to happen. Certainly the Boston Celtics. I think it just gives the Bucks different options in terms of, yeah, maybe some guys don't play as much. And I know we've mentioned the guard spots, the big stuff, but even someone like Joe Ingles, who I think we've seen over the last month, you know, not elite defensive Joe Ingles. Let's just say that. He's not quite at his absolute peak performance on that end of the floor at this point in time. And we think that Jay Crowder might be a little more defensive. So even just with those two guys, you want more defense, you need more defense. Jay Crowder maybe plays a bit more. You want some playmaking, you go back to Ingles. And I think those two guys in different lineups could be interchangeable. But just straight up, as a Marquette, uh, I don't know, what do you call it, fan, alum? Alum. Do you, was this like an emotional moment when Jay Crowder (laughs) comes home? It was a really cool moment. It was a really cool moment. The first time we talked about Jay on the, this podcast, I started off by saying, I need to admit, I'm a Marquette fan. I went to Marquette. <laughs> I was at Marquette the same time Jay was at Marquette. Yes. Uh, I'm a fan of Jay Crowder as a as an individual off and on the court. Jay is Jay is a cool a cool guy. Um, at that time, the the talk around how we would acquire Jay Crowder was sending out Grayson Allen. And that I was against. And I won't delve too far into that because I know we felt very similar about that. I've heard you discuss that um, on previous episodes of the show. So to see that we were able to get Jay for three guys who weren't really in the rotation, sorry to George Hill, he might have been in playoff rotation knowing, but um, but to get three guys, send them out, to get back Jay, someone who is versatile, who's going to give us different lineup options. I'm a big fan of it. I know we had to give out second or five second round picks. Understand. But I mean, the Thunder have like every other first round pick in the league right now. So what else are we going to be negotiating with at this point? But I think it's a good trade. The the thing that I would say uh, gives me pause or a little concern with the Bucks going forward outside of the idea of them not being healthy going into the playoffs with, you know, Giannis has the wrist and it's kind of banged up and Chris, was out again with the knee um, bringing in someone like Jay Crowder, who is somebody who can definitely take minutes. He can take minutes if he is who we you know think he is. He hasn't played since May of last year. So hopefully that when he gets on the court, he is the Jay Crowder that, you know, we signed up to get, uh, but has a lot of options, a lot of options. And it's going to be very, very important for him to pick the right options at the right time. Um, and sometimes when you have a lot of different options, that could be good. Uh, it can be hard to figure out what the best option is in the moment. So that is my only concern with Jay Crowder also coming into the mix is trying is 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 how Bud is able to uh, handle those rotations in that way where it's like, okay, like 
this, like, we can't be slow here. Like we have to pick it up immediately and then make that change. And you, your uh, point about Ingles and Jay maybe being offensive defensive. I think that's a good point because what we've seen from Joe before he got, you know, injured with the ACL back in Utah, he looked like a guy who was starting to lose a step and Joe Ingles in this prime, outstanding defender we know the iq the playmaking and when you see him play now you still see the iq you see the playmaking he can knock down the three uh it's just on defense he's he's getting targeted a little bit now and that's go as teams start seeing other teams doing it it becomes a plan it becomes an idea and until he can show that you know he's not the weak link they're going to keep it trying to exploit that so it could be a situation there where you would bring someone in like jay um, have a more defensive lineup or you know because i mean at this point, Joe Ingles might be who he is on defense. That just might be how fast he's ever going to move in again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, having the options is cool. It's going to be about making sure we're pressing the right buttons at the right time. The other part that's fascinating to me and listening to this press conference is just the, the mental side of things. And he was asked about pl- going up against this Bucks team because we know that yeah, well, the Bucks have had plenty of series where the opposition has Jay Crowder. And he mentioned – the Miami series and he was asked what was the difference between Giannis in that series and then the NBA finals a year later. And it was interesting because he said, well, when I was in Miami, it was our goal to, to break Giannis mentally. And he's like, and we thought we could do it. And then he said a year later when he was on the Phoenix Suns, even though they went up to zip, he was like, it was just a complete different ball game. Like you could just not phase this man. And he was just going to keep coming. Mm-hmm. And the whole team, he said that as well, had really grown in the space of that those 12 months. So I, I thought that was fascinating. But again, just the, uh, I, I think the maturity of Jay Crowder, but also the intensity and the, the that, that kind of stuff of, of talking through past experiences in the postseason, what it takes to, to win. I, I think it's going to be interesting to add that um, I guess intensity back into the into the locker room, which is always hard to judge from the outside. But I don't think it's a bad thing getting a new voice in there that isn't going to be shy about a voice in their opinions, especially a voice that the other guys in the locker room already respect. Like they've battled against Jay Crowder, right. so they understand what he brings to the table. They know they're aware. There's level of respect there as well, which carries another level of weight to that voice when it does speak up and speak out. And it's a team full of vets. So you would assume it's a locker room that can have a lot of honest conversations without taking too much to heart because they all want to win. They understand what it's about. They know how to play ball the right way. They saw what it takes to get to the finals. And it's about, you know, being accountable and and trying to get there. And of course, above everything else, health. But having another voice like that in the locker room is going to go a long way, I think, for the team. Camille? It has been an absolute pleasure to have you back on the show. It's been a week or, or two, and I know you're, you're a bit under the weather, so we're all just happy that you, you're back, you're fighting fit, and uh, bringing, bringing some, some real much-needed class uh, to Locked On Box. <laughs> you know, this winter has been a, a, a sick winter. The germs are out to get me, so I'm, 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 needing, I'm needing that 104-degree weather uh, oh, that, that you've been experiencing to try to kill some of the stuff that's around here. I'm just I'm just happy I didn't melt uh, yesterday. It was way too hot over here. Make sure you check out the Locked On Game to Game podcast. You can catch everything going on around the NBA from the local experts. They'll have you covered and fill you in on everything you need to know. That's Locked On Game to Game on your Locked On NBA feed, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. Thanks for watching and listening and supporting us along the way. Jump in the YouTube comments and let us know. Buy out targets. Giannis concern. Just feel free to vent if you need to. Are you concerned about the Mark Davis revenge game? (laughs) And any Jay Crowder general thoughts? We'll take them all. 
make sure you subscribe and like and do all those kinds of things. It's free to do so and it absolutely helps us. So we really appreciate it. And we will be back to start next week post-All-Star game. I don't care if Frank's not watching the All-Star game. I'll be watching the All-Star game and I'll be doing a post-game pod whether or not Giannis plays because we've still got Drew Holiday there. So make sure you check back in with us after the All-Star game.